and Boydy, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and MBL fantasy. You're listening to the Round 13 review show. Firstly, what a round it was. We had Cairns going over to Perth earlier in the weekend and uh, knocking off Perth on their home court. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was a nice close game in the end and, and uh, yeah, we've spoken about it before, but Cairns probably my second team, so definitely rooting for them at the time. Uh, other interesting games I thought we had uh, Illawarra beating Sydney in Sydney on the Sunday uh, comfortable then, as well yeah I think it was 12 points but they looked like they were in control the whole game as yeah, well so, off which was well. interesting and definitely some uh, bad body language I think you pointed out in the Kings side of things during that game Benny so. yeah I think I, I the first 10, 10 minutes I watched I saw um, yeah. yeah Bogey didn't look too too impressed Um and the body language was uh, not, I guess, uh, on song. And, um, yeah, it, I guess it followed through uh, into performance. And then I guess the last game of the round was the one that was probably the big surprise result. So we had Cairns getting beaten by Melbourne United in overtime. So that's, uh, not, that's not a surprise in itself. Not but... a surprise, but Cairns were in control the whole game. I think they even mentioned at the start, I think the, the only time Melbourne were in front was when Goulding hit the first three to start the game off. And it from was there, a 21 to 20 zero run as well. Right. And I They're think Cairns are up by nine with eight. Yeah. They're up by 18 in the at near the end of the third quarter. And then it um, just all fell to pieces, I guess. And Trimble had his mum in town. She went, what, 11 for 11 to start the game? Yeah. Unbelievable. Then, then they just tried. I think it's happened a few times with Cairns we've spoken about. They just try and play this isolation ball, and it just doesn't work. Go back to the team game, get the ball into Joai. He was getting double teamed, but he was getting passes out for good looks. So it, they just sort of all crumbled, which is not good. But they seem to do that in the last quarter. They do. Continuously. It's either Trimble. They're the worst la- last quarter team in the in the league. Yeah. They were saying on the uh, on the commentary later the night. So that's that's proof they need to get something a bit better there. And I think that's what it is. They just fall to pieces. They just sort of start doing silly things. And and it's just another week that shows that anyone can beat anyone uh, in it. this league, which is awesome at the moment. And we also had a massive, I guess game with finals implications with uh, Brisbane doing the job. Yes, uh, that's right. Brisbane sneaking into the four, beating Adelaide in Adelaide as well on Saturday. So, um, and and another comeback game as well. It was, yes. So another turnaround game, which is a funny thing. Sometimes that happens in basketball, obviously. But um, yeah, so that was the exciting week we had. Uh, the other big news, I guess, that's happened in the last sort of what, 12, 12 hours, hours yeah. is uh, Ding Adele. Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, well, Dang Adele, um, so he has signed a two-way deal with the Cavs, so um, I watched a bit of college basketball, um, Louisville, you know, famous school, um, especially when Dang Adele was playing there, um, but it all uh, turned, oh, it all hit the fan, I'll say, um, with the coach, um, I think it must have been in 2017, um, player payments and all sorts of mm-hmm. other, other stuff going on. But, you know, it was fair to say that there was plenty of coverage uh, on ESPN of Dengadel, starter for a major Division One school. Yep. And um, he actually played for my Houston Rockets in the Summer League. And 
Um, I've listened to an awesome Houston Rockets podcast called the Locked On Tech, uh, Rockets Podcast with Ben Dubose as the host. And there was legitimate talk in Houston that he was uh, a genuine threat for a roster spot over the likes of, I think it was um, Zhao Chi and Isaiah Hartenstein at the time. Um, didn't actually make uh, the cut in the end and ended up playing uh, for, was it... Um, Toronto, Toronto, I think. Their affiliate, their, their affiliate yeah. in the G League. Yeah. And yeah, um, he's done what I guess Mitch Creek's hoping to do yeah. and get that two-way deal with the Cavs. Banksy, as a Cavs fan, you've, uh, um, you're probably relying on, on my uh, opinion on, on the player, but obviously it's just good to have another Aussie, um, Aussie in, yes, playing for your team, I guess. 100%. You'll look, uh, look nice on the bench there with Delhi, but I think the Cavs, <laughs> the Cavs uh, need any help they can get right now. So, Speaking of the uh, Houston Rockets as well, Sean Long has entered into the topic of... Well, it's been a topic of conversation throughout the last week. Um, so I guess for those who don't know, he was a Houston Rocket for a couple of weeks before they cut him. Uh, <laughs> so right. before they had to pay him any guaranteed money. So, And uh, I think it all started with the tweet uh, that he sent out uh, last week, which was, no big in the NBL is better than me, lol, and that's on Pops. And then if you saw, he actually backed it up. He commented on his own Instagram photo of that exact tweet, and he said, Bogut is an OG, I respect big dog, but one-on-one, no one can F with me. I put 10K on it, just ask Armani more. Now, Armani has come back with that saying, uh, what's he saying? I'm done with a few smiley faces. So this all could be tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But it is the hot topic of the moment. And thank you for those who participated in our poll. Um, We asked, heads up, who uh, is the better big in the league, Andrew Bogut or Sean Long? Um, Thanks for your comments as well. Of the votes... Killed it. Bogey killed 80, it. 85%, 85% to Bogey. to Bogey and 15% to Long. And of that 15% of Long, how many votes was uh, from Corey Homicide Williams, do we think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Um, voted? What are your thoughts on... I'd like to get your guys' opinion. I've got a little bit to say on it as well, because oh, about I... this whole narrative of the big men. So you'd, you'd agree with the poll? Yeah, I agree with the poll. I think, but I think maybe one-on-one, like... Long was saying he'd probably take Bogut, but you'd probably agree with that for right? your team. You'd be if you're setting up the team, you'd be taking Bogut. I'd say just based off what he's done. And I think Chris Anstey may have even said something like that that it's you know it's it's it's, it's a team game, right? Yeah, something on those I agree with that, but I also I also think that they're two completely different players. Yeah. So Sean Long, I think he's the better offensive player, mm-hmm. um, unless we're looking at assists, as you you mentioned earlier, Benny. But obviously Bogut's the clear best defensive player in the league. Yep. I guess what brought this whole thing on, well, what I might do is talk about this, um, I guess the whole narrative of the best big men in the league. This has sort of come from nowhere. If you think back to the last few years, this league has not been known as a big man league. Nope. It was all about, well, last year in particular, it was all about wing players. And, you know, um, in the preceding years, it's been guards. So guards and wings, really. But this year, there's been some passionate debate out there about who's even the best, not just talking bigs, but specifically four-man in the league. You've got Wesley, Nick Kay, um, DJ, and you know I guess that all of their form has fluctuated where you could have made an argument for any one of those guys to be the best um, power forward in the game. Like now you'd probably say Ty Wesley on form. Um, but I guess when you're talking about the best big generally, 
it all started the anticipation Bogut coming into the league. Mm-hmm. What impact would he make? But do you remember in the first couple of weeks against uh, Daniel Johnson? Was the first? It was the first round. Yeah, first I think. round. Yeah, yep. first game. Yeah. Johnson outplayed him. I think that was universally yeah. um, agreed that he yeah. outplayed him. But as the year went on, you started getting the MVP talk. He was just that much of a defensive presence that it was pretty clear to me that he was the best big yep. in the league. And then we had this thing that happened, which was called homicide logic. <laughs> so, look, I know homicide just wants to get me sucked in, and he has. So I'm gonna, go, I'm just gonna talk about this for a little bit. So earlier in the year, you might say, you might remember. Um, that he was saying that Bogut can't lay claim to being the best big man in the league until he knocks off Josh Boone head-to-head. He even said that Boone was his kryptonite. And he said the Kings were 0-2 against United at the time, which they were, and Bogut hadn't dominated Boone. It was all about until you beat the reigning champ, best big man in the league, you can't lay claims to that. And even at the same time, he was saying Bogut's the MVP. So it was almost a bit contradictory there. Um, So... Watching uh, overtime through the week, and he talked about his tweets that he'd sent out because he said, um, so it was a couple of weeks ago, he's watched Sean Long and he's come out and said that when Long isn't in foul trouble, he is the best big in the league. So I watched the episode of overtime and he actually confirmed that he didn't even watch New Zealand after they (laughs) went for a five-game losing streak. So... He's made these comments, firstly, without his earlier criteria, that Long would need to dominate Bogut, if you use what the criteria used with Boone, mm-hmm. head-to-head. Mm-hmm. The Kings are 4-0 and against New Zealand this year. Not that he probably watched those games, by yeah. the sounds of it. Um, so he has basically gone all, as Bogut called him, Stephen A. Smith. Just make a random comment. <laughs> <coughs> and this is, this is the comment of the week. And like I said, you've got me sucked in again, an absolute beauty. Um, it really annoys me. You always contradict yourself. And looking at the head-to-head matchups, Bogut has actually outperformed Smash Long. Him. So Smash. if we use Homicide's own criteria, which really is what started this Playing whole narrative... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing against each other. So yeah. these they played each other four times. Kings are four and zero. Advantage Bogut. So um, Long's got the slight edge on points. Um, Bogut's got the slight edge on rebounds. But it's the other stats, the team type stats that we're all talking about, and why we all rate Bogut as the best big in the league. That he has a significant advantage head to head. Yep. Assists. In the four games, Sean Long has four assists. In those games, Bogut's averaging over five assists. He's had 21. Uh, Long has four blocks against Sydney. Bogut has 13. And I know that Homicide put this rider on it about foul trouble, right? Looking at the box stores here, Sean Long. Can you tell me how many fouls Sean Long's had in those games? Less less than Bogut. Three, two, four, and one foul. I mean, Long has put up good, solid performances, but you can't say he's the best big man in the league based on this. That's a great point. And yeah. the most important stat, I think, yep. that is the plus-minus. Yep. When Long is on the court, in the head-to-head matchup, he's at minus 10. Yep. Bogut is plus 39 in the plus-minus. That's minus. huge. I think that tells you the story right there. So himself, but... we agree with our followers, I think, yeah. universally. Um Mind you, now that Clint Capella's hurt for Houston, I wouldn't mind Sean Long as that rim runner back in Houston if he <laughs> wants to go back. But um, 
and he's obviously been killing it, and we will definitely hear about him later on, no doubt, in Banksy's Captains. But I think we can put a full stop on that for All this right. week. All right, thanks, thanks, Benny. Benny's had his uh, grind my gears against Corey Homicide Williams for this week. Uh, stay tuned for next week once Homicide comes out with his outlandish outla- um, comments during the week. And today we had news of a new signing for the Kings, Benny. That's right, Bogut's got some help, and by mm. the looks of it. Um, now, uh, I tweeted out earlier um, a link to some stats of the next-gen uh, training camp, because this player at FadeawayRay35 uh, is his Twitter handle. Go give him a follow. His name is Ray Turner. Now, I actually recognised um, the name as soon as it came across, because we did... Um, oh, I did some research uh, about the Next Gen Academy because I was hoping to do an interview with Dan Greeter. Yep. Um, and, you know, got in touch with Dan across Instagram. I actually got to tell you guys, we got our first Instagram trade question last week. Oh, really? So for anyone out there, we don't use it a lot now, but I can just foresee, I guess, went with if we go to the Blitz next year, we might put some stories, photos yep. up. Yep. Just basketball works one word on Instagram, gives a follow. Um, but anyway, so... Comparing, looking at these next-gen stats, you can have a look for yourself. Um, in the games they played, Ray Turner actually was the top scorer. Dan Greeter was second, um, I guess for reference. Um, he was the top rebounder in those games as well. Um, so we're dealing basically um, with, I don't think, I think he's a double-double threat in the C-ball. He won't be that in uh, fantasy or in the NBL yeah. because he's an opportunity. But... I think it's the kind of player that Sydney need, yeah. to be honest. Because at the moment, going to crash the boards a bit more than what, yeah, what Ware happen- and kick it. And- what happens when Bogut goes out? It's you've got Ware and yeah. kick it. Defense kick, just kick it usually like, comes in when Bogut's or, off. Or Penau. Penau. Yeah, that's right. You got Dane as well. Um, but it seems like he's got that physicality. I read an article today that that's what Gaze is sort of after from him. Yep. Now, I, fantasy spell on this. Played in the Siebel last year. Can you ask name any of the other type of Siebel players for Trist. it? Trist. Dan Trist. How's Dan Trist gone this year? I hope we're not going to pump this guy up as much as we uh, pumped old no. Dan Trist up in the... the as, much as, Benny, Benny, <laughs> as much as Benny pumped up. So, Dan Trist, Craig Moller, these are the types of players that played Siebel last year. They were actually kind of attractive for fantasy because they were bargain basement price. This guy is going to come in at the Jeremy Kendall price... Yeah, a million dollars. And AJ Davis, yep. And so, and he's, you know, perhaps we can expect, uh, I guess, similar performance to your greeter or something like that, fantasy-wise. Seeing he can crush those boards if he does get the minutes, but it's not a fantasy-relevant option. But for the Kings, I think it potentially makes him better. I think it it makes him better as well, I think. So it's good signing. Now, obviously, fantasy-wise... It's more about the implication as as to will we want him in our teams. Yep. Now that actually Bogut's got some support for when he's resting on the bench, do you think we might see in the lead up to the finals Bogut resting a bit more, mm. um, knowing he's got this support from someone to to come fresh off the bench and, maybe, and crash the ball? Maybe we're, we're going to talk about that in the preview show, I guess, a little bit more. But um, the Bogut issue, but. Um, it could um, be an option. You could see could, it happening yeah. if they've got that bigger body. Obviously, they he replaced Danger Kuth, was who was also an next gen player. Yes. He's slightly smaller, but than Danger Kuth, but he um, plays big. He plays um, a lot more physical. I think he's a bit older. Yep. Um, obviously, he's considered an import. That's they get to do that because Brian Bowen 
is not considered an import. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, it looks like a very good move for Sydney. And especially if there's going to be any injuries, you don't know what's going to happen. It gives them that extra depth. And I guess speaking of injuries... Speaking of injuries, yes. Um, we've had uh, a really bad one, Banksy. Um, yes. Yeah. So, obviously a couple of injuries this week at Adelaide. So, Ramon Moore and Majok Deng were certainly hurt. Um, the result of that is the uh, the extremes of the spectrum. So, Majok Den has been ruled healthy to play this week. Correct. It's been cleared, yep. Uh, while Ramon Moore, unfortunately, has been ruled out for the season. Yep. Um, which Shocker. is no good, I think, for his three-odd percent of owners that he has fantasy-wise there. That's it. And also, he, had a, he played really well last week. So He's been um, in some ripping form as well. I know uh, we'll, a few of the followers on Twitter actually brought him in last week. So. Um, I guess what we need to touch on is what implications does that have um, with the other 36 players, 36ers players? Yeah, well, I think you're going to see more minutes from Congo, maybe, Drimic, maybe. Uh, they've even been playing Doyle a little bit, so whether he plays a little bit more as well. Tease. I mean, uh, Moore's averaging around 30-minute mark, so there's a lot of minutes to go around there. Um, yeah. so, so it's going to have some impact. Well, it's, I guess that's I guess the what's up in the air at the moment. So... We've always talked about how deep of a team they are. Will that just mean a few extra minutes here and there for everyone? Or big chunks. Or a big chunk. Will the the person I'm thinking with my fantasy hat on um, is Jacob Wiley, who's gone from a player who plays over 30 minutes a game down to under 20 for the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. Looks completely out of confidence. Um, so he's one. But I think the one that... Uh, the other player that I think will have a big impact on, despite despite he's already got a lot of um, already performing well, is Nathan Sobey. So um, Sobey's been in great form, um, but uh, leads the league in assists, four point eight assists per game. Entering the round, Ramon Moore was actually second in the league for assists, oh, so yeah. they were Jeez. top two. Casper's uh, now overtaken him uh, after the last round, but it's just with that style of play. I really hope those... You mentioned Tease and Doyle before. I really hope that that's, they just roll with Sobey more. You'd hope so, but they, I mean, Tease and Doyle have already been getting minutes even when Ramon Moore was playing, so... And I think yeah. the other one you mentioned there is Wiley. I think that's really an interesting point at the moment. Um, last two games, he's only played 19 and 17 minutes. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the rotation because I've, from being an owner as well with Wiley... I think the problem for him at the moment is that he's coming in behind Froling. So Froling's obviously been getting the starts yeah. and he's also been performing, mm-hmm. which doesn't help Wiley's case. And then off the bench, you've also got Deng eating into yep. Wiley's minutes, who's also performing when he's been on the court. So the form of those two players isn't really helping Wiley's case either. Nope. Um, no doubt. I know for a fact that I'm going to be talking a little bit more about Jacob Wiley later on. later on. All right, we'll save that for then maybe. So I guess it's time for Around the Grounds for the week. So what are we starting off with? Work our way up from the bottom. Yes. Banksy, how'd you go this week? Ordinary bloke? Consistency <laughs> is the term I like to use. Consistently <laughs> holding Consistently you guys bad. up. Consistently bad, yep. And you scored 567 for the week. Not much less than our average bloke for the week. And that was uh, one Benjamin. Yeah, now I've got a little bit to say about this because, look, I have, I mean, you might be able to hear in my voice, I've been basically sick since Christmas. Now, there was a theory that this was assisting my fantasy team because I had 
whilst being sick, I had a couple of top blokes in a row. Was doing pretty well. <laughs> um, went back to the doctors last week and forgot a new diagnosis, which is called glue ear. Now, um, Bordy would probably call it Mitch Creek ear, given that he always calls him a glue guy. But uh, <laughs> it's something adults rarely get, and it causes selective hearing. Mm. Now, my wife thinks I'm a big kid, and she can't notice any difference with my selective hearing, so I'm not too sure what's up with that. But it's not supposed to be contagious. But I actually think that I may have passed it on to one of my co-hosts. Here are some of the other symptoms. Increased sweating, headaches, pain, irritability, and trouble sleeping. Banksy, you had these over the weekend, right? (laughs) No? Really? Did you not watch Jacob Wiley play? I certainly had them. And um, in our... Chat. I didn't know where you were going there, Benny, but what I got from that is that it sounds like you've had a lot of extra time to put your study in with your team. <laughs> Honestly, if basically if you didn't have headaches, pain, irritability, and trouble sleeping after watching Jacob Wiley play in your fantasy team, you're Someone's not you're, you're not watching the game. Yeah, because that was completely. Or he's not watching the sports like he does. I brought him in, and I think I, I messaged our group chat, mm. and. I believe Boydie, you knew he wasn't starting. No, I, but I, I read it. No, but I read it. Like two I read it yet. after lockout, and it was too late. I only found out literally when they were putting the faces, the starting lineups up on the TV, so for the game on Thursday night. So I like was literally three minutes before tip off. Only we knew. And what makes this worse for me? I know we discussed last week. Um, it was actually Kyle Bowman who sent in the question about um, do we bring in Conga for Bowen, and I know I answered it answered that question from Kyle because I had actually done that as one of my trades that I was considering. So not only did I not get to start Conga in, in place of well, you wound Wiley. Up, you wound that trade back and... Yeah, oh, I wound yeah. it back. I ended up doing... Um, what did I do? I did uh, Randall for Sobey, which lost me one point. Mm-hmm. And I did Patterson for Newble, which cost me 26 points. So, mm-hmm. so far in my trades, I'm down... 27 points awesome. on those trades in, if I hadn't have made them so I mean that was made with this week in mind so hopefully the guys make it up but this was not the week to be fading Mallow Trimble no. so in the same weekend where my favourite player James Harden went 1 for 17 from the 3 point line the only Cairns player I don't have in my team apparently <laughs> goes 13 for 17 now our top bloke our top bloke, I'm guessing, had Romello Trimble in his team. Correct. Boardy. And has had him for weeks. How'd so, you go? Yes. Oh, so I was the top scorer on 685 for the week. I think I finished... I can't remember what it was for the round, to be honest. But um, Smacked us by 100 and he's back in the top Still 20. doing... Yeah, I think I'm 19th ranked at the moment. So, um, And I'm within about 170 points of second place, which is currently first place because Liam Santamaria is uh, a running away leader at the moment. So... Um, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm within touch, so I've got to pull off some moves, I think. But um, I'm within within the, within the chance. Um, the other score for the week, our joint team actually did pretty well. Ended up with 649. So our joint team over 50, over 60 in front of even Benny as the average bloke. So uh, up to 123rd now the joint team. If you're following those trades, remember but... it's ineligible for prizes though. That is. Uh, so that can't win anything weekly or overall which I don't think it's going to win either of them so um, only thing left for the review pod is our goods and bads so 
Here we go. All right, the goods and the bad. So the week, we'll start off with the goods as we normally do. So obviously the triple, or the guys in triple figures, Bogut, Conger, and Trimble were all good for the week. Um, Blanchfield on 85, Ramon Moore as well, and Joe I on 81. Um, and we had some singles scorers, so the guys that were only on single games for the week. Obviously, Banksy's favorite, Boone, 75 for his single. Patterson, 65. Wesley, 57. Um, Glidden and Casper and Hodgson all over 50 as well. Just want to reiterate on my Lamar Patterson thing. Yes. It's amazing how your emotions change watching a game of fantasy basketball. Yes. Patterson in the first quarter, two fouls. Happy. happy. Like, happy. <laughs> Next minute, happy day. flirting with triple-double. <laughs> Angry. Angry. <laughs> Bloody stupid game. <laughs> um, sorry, I've lost my way there. Oh, and some, and I thought I'd throw in a few cheapies here. Um, so, due to technical difficulties, uh, these goods and bads were prepared by myself, Boydie, this week. So, I've thrown a blanket over 100 players, whereas Banksy likes to keep it nice, trim, and, and, He's a and bit elitist. Clean. A bit cleaner. And um, so, the cheapies that uh, shot the lights out, I reckon, uh, um, Benny's favourite, um, Be Aware. Uh, with 85. Oh, uh, our, our boy DA with 70. And uh, my boy Yena with 60 over the weekend as well. So I was pretty happy with that. Where's 85 was pretty huge. Where's 85 was huge. Yeah, especially after our last form, hasn't he? Some, yeah. I, one of our um, tweets last week was which bench spud to get rid of, and he was mentioned amongst those yeah, bench spuds. That's look a bit silly, didn't he? Whoops. Oh, well. Yeah, I believe I got beaten in a league by about three points by someone who had wear on the No! Bench, so. No! Yeah. Oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Um, bads of the week. Uh, now, I focus on these ones on uh, fantasy-relevant players, so I look for the pretty well-owned, the higher, sort of higher-owned players. Um, Steinle, I thought, was, it was bad with an eight, only on the single game this week. Drimmick, 25, over his two. Wiley on thirty. Two over his two games as well. Adding two. Then you got AJ Ogilvie on 38, Newble on 39, Adding two. Devin Hall on 44, Adding and two. I thought Daniel Johnson, DJ, with 49 over his two games is a was, well under his average. Was that the bads or just my team? It seems like well, very I, familiar. I've got one, two, three of those as well, So, um, but I still. Still killed it? Killed it, you guys. Well so uh, that's the way it goes. And then that brings us to the end of the review show for round 13. So stay tuned and click on now uh, SoundCloud for the round 14 preview show, which we will be doing in a second. Cheers.